Welcome to the Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. You're listening to our weekly worship service message. Thank you for tuning in. to Canaan's land. I love that. Thank you, ladies, for leading us so beautifully and reminding us of our heavenly home. Thank you for joining us for worship today. We're very glad that you are here today, uh, both live and both on live stream and Facebook Live. And we pray that you feel God's presence today again as we worship him in spirit and in truth. Thank you again for being here. If you're a guest, we welcome you. And there's, uh, I think, a guest information card that you can pick up off one of the tables as you leave today. And uh, fill it out and then bring it back to us, but we'd love to uh, know who you are, and we thank you for choosing to worship with this church family today. Every week we greet one another with a wave. So why don't you stand and wave at those around you and let them know you're glad that they're worshiping with you today. <laughs> sing victory in Jesus. Yeah. 
do have victory in Jesus. He is our chain breaker. You join as we continue in worship together. You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. If you've been hearing the same old voice till the same old lies. If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you've got to pay.
Thank you. You may be seated. Well, how great it is to be in the house of the Lord to worship and to sing praise to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We welcome you here. If this is your first time worshiping with us or your first time back worshiping with us, we welcome you. We welcome those of you who are watching on live stream and Facebook Live. Thank you for joining us. I had someone at the 8.30 service. Today was our first 8.30 service back in person. Had someone at the 8.30 service and said, Todd, I don't know if I should cry or sing praise or give praise to God for this opportunity. I said, you can do both because I have during this season. I've had tears and I've had praise that no matter what's going on in the world, we can still worship our living and loving Lord. So thank you so much for being here today. And every week, there's an opportunity for us to pray. <clears throat> Normally, I would invite you to come to this altar, but you can pray from your seat. You can stand. You can pray out on your back porch or on your deck or it's possible that you're on full break and you're worshiping on the beach today. And uh, you can worship right there and make that your altar. But I'm going to invite you to join me as we lift up our prayers together. Oh God, we have come to sing to the King, to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, thank you that you loved us so much that you would send your one and only son to die a criminal's death on a cross so that we might experience life and life everlasting. Words cannot adequately express our humble gratitude and thanksgiving and joy for what you've done for us. Father, as we've sung together today, you are a chain breaker. God, maybe there's some folks today that need a chain of addiction broken. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's gambling. Maybe, Father, it's pornography. Maybe, Lord, it's depression or anxiety or fear that we need to be delivered from today. And God, thank you that you have that kind of power to release us from the bondage of our sin and slavery. And Father, we just give you all glory that we can worship you in this beautiful place today. And Father, may we never take for granted ever again our freedom to worship you. May we never place our you and worship at the bottom of our priority list, but may you rise to the top and that we would seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness and all these other things will be added or given unto us. Oh God, today we want to lift up our nation. We, we need unity. We need healing. We need to love our neighbor. God, we pray for the healing of our president. You would heal him of this virus and the first lady. And Father, that you would be with all of our leaders, the, our governor, Father, our local leaders, that you would Give them wisdom and discernment on how to lead us during this season of unrest. And Father, we pray that great revival and great spiritual awakening would break loose, that people would come to Christ and Christians would be renewed in their faith. Lord, I pray for families vacationing this week on fall break that you would keep them safe in every way and continue to bless our students, our children, our teachers, administrators. Father, protect them as they meet together. And Father, we just pray for this church that we might continue to be a lighthouse on this hill, 
that you would continue to bring people in to fellowship and to know Jesus. And Father, just forgive me and forgive us when sin has crept in and has tripped us. Forgive us, O oh God, remove our sin as far as the east is from the west and remember our transgression no more. May we have a pure heart and a right spirit. Lord, I pray again if there are folks watching or worshiping with us in this place that if they don't know you, that before this service is over, they might come to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because he's our only hope. So, Father, we pray now that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through this service, move through the beautiful music, move through the proclamation of your word, move through our time of commitment and invitation that we would all be transformed to be more like Jesus, for it is in his strong and holy and powerful and precious name we pray, amen. Amen. If you have your Bible with you, would you turn with me to the book of 1 John? And as you're doing that, I'm grateful for all of the beautiful music ladies on the piano and organ and the worship team. I don't know about you, but I, it was hard to contain myself. I was just so uh, happy singing praise to God. And then I'm so grateful uh, today for the first time that... Uh, at least the small ensemble of our choir is back for the first time since March to sing for us. Thank you all so much for being here, and we look forward to hearing God sing through each of you, and thank you, Bill, for being here to lead. But if you have your Bible, we'll begin reading out of verse 5 of 1 John chapter 1. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Amen. Thank you all for leading so beautifully. And what an appropriate song to sing, that it is well when we know Christ as our Lord and Savior. No matter what we're going through, we can say it is well. I always like to start with a little humor, and maybe you've heard this. This was a story that happened a while back, but the president was coming out of the White House one day, headed to his car when there was a crowd of people gathered outside the White House and, and there was an attempt or a possible assassin that pointed a gun toward the president. Well, there was a Secret Service man who was new on the job. He was young and, and uh, in his moment of this intense situation, he yelled out, Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse. Well, this startled the would-be shooter, and they were able to uh, subdue and, and uh, arrest this potential shooter. Well, after everything calmed down, the supervisor of the Secret Service agent went up to him, and he said, what in the world were you saying? Why did you say Mickey Mouse, Mickey Mouse? He said, to be honest with you, I got nervous and I meant to say, Donald Duck, Donald Duck. <laughs> you get it? You get it? You get it. Oh, my. You know, there are a lot of famous people that have been recognized by their walk. You think back, uh, some actors and actresses have been known by their walk. Mae West was known by her sachet. John Wayne was known by his memorable swagger when he walked. Uh, pop star performer Michael Jackson was infamous for his moonwalk. And so a lot of folks have been recognized by their walk. As a matter of fact, a study revealed in uh, social, psychological, and personality science that a person's gait or their walk can reveal a lot about them. The study showed that people that have a tendency to walk fast are more likely to be extroverted and that they're always on a mission to get somewhere. People that walk slow or have a slow gait have been thought to have been a little bit more introverted and cautious before going, not necessarily self-centered in a bad way, but just very careful. Head down certainly would mean that someone is a little bit more introverted or shy. Uh, some folks that are anxious, anxious people, the study showed, have a tendency to veer left. That when they're walking and they're under a lot of pressure and stress, if the goal is straight up ahead, they have a tendency to veer left. I've seen a lot of people veering left during these last few months because of the stress. There have been, through the years, a lot of songs that have talked about walking in the title, and we did this at the early service, and, and you might recall some of the songs. Aerosmith and Run DMC had the hit song, Walk This Way, Talk This Way. Y'all remember that? Walk This Way. And then the Bangles had the hit song, Walk like an Egyptian. Ching, ching. You remember that? Now, this was before my time. But the Four Seasons had the hit song, Walk like a man, talk like a man. You all remember that song? Can you all hear me? Is this working? Test, test, test. <laughs> and then what about, what about, and this was the year I was born, Nancy Sinatra had a hit song in 19, I mean, yes, 1966. <laughs> These boots were made for walking. Walking is what they do. 
And one of these days, these boots are going to walk all over me. No, they're not. I'm not going to let you walk all over me. And then somebody leaving today said, you left out Johnny Cash's Walk the Line. But there are a lot of songs that have been about walking. And in our scripture today, we see a, an old man, John, who had walked faithfully with his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, since his youth for many, many years. He walked faithfully with Jesus. And we talked about a passage of Scripture out of 1 John a few weeks ago, but you remember the two primary reasons John was writing, who was a, remember, the disciple whom Jesus loved, not that he didn't love all of them, but they had a special relationship. He wrote to refute false teachings such as Gnosticism, to expose those false teachers, and to give believers the assurance of their salvation. He wrote primarily to people that already were claiming to be Christians. And really, he had a simple message. The, the simple message that he had was that Christians should live an intimate, day-by-day, moment-by-moment, personal relationship with Jesus, walking with him every day, all day long. And it's my prayer that all of us today would learn to have that kind of walk with Jesus. Now, when we say walk, now I'm talking about not your physical gait, I'm talking about your spiritual walk with the Lord. I'm talking about your, the way you live right now. To walk is a metaphor for living for Christ. And how can we live for Christ? Well, John gives some beautiful words. He, he said, beginning with verse 5, and, and you have heard this message that God is light and there is no darkness in him. Then he goes on to say in verse 6, if we claim to have fellowship with him, the first thing we can do today to walk faithfully with the Lord is we need to have fellowship with him. When it says, if we, who's the we? He's talking about himself and his readers, and you can include us in that. If we claim to have fellowship, what is fellowship? It's a living spiritual union with God through Christ. That's the Greek word koinonia, to have fellowship not only with God through Christ, but it also means to have fellowship with fellow believers. That's what so many of us have missed about being at church, isn't it? We've missed the sweet fellowship of being together, the hugs, the handshakes, seeing the smiles. We've missed that. If we claim to have fellowship, with him. Now, how can we have fellowship with him? It is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's my prayer that every single one of us here today, or if you're watching today, that you would have a spiritual living union with God through Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, Paul tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, therefore we are justified through faith so that we can have peace with God through Christ Jesus. Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through Christ Jesus. We were once his enemy because of Adam and Eve's sin in the Garden of, in the garden of Eden, we have all a sinful nature that we're born with. And yet, because we were once enemies of God, we have been justified just as if we had never sinned when Jesus Christ died on the cross to save you and me. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith, 
And this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. So we know it's through God's amazing grace and through his mercy that we can have fellowship with him. Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I have been, I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but Christ Jesus now lives in me. So our old sinful lives have been buried with Christ. But then, praise God, we are made new and whole because Jesus didn't stay in the tomb. He rose from the grave to show that we too can walk with victory because we have the hope beyond this old life in which we're living. You know, do you remember in Luke chapter 23 when it was sharing the story of the crucifixion, do you remember that Jesus was placed on a cross in between two criminals? And do you remember that throughout the course of Jesus being on the cross, the scriptures said that they were hurling insults at him. But then something happened to one of the criminals they were convicted of their sin and they realized their need of Christ in their lives. And do you remember in verse 42 of Luke chapter 23 what one of those criminals said to Jesus? Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. You know what that tells me? That it's not too late for us to give our lives to Jesus Christ that he's a God of second chances. And maybe you've messed up in a royal way in your life. Maybe you've sinned so much that you think God could never love someone like you or forgive someone like you. That's a devil's lie because God will forgive you. And I'm so grateful for his grace. And when he said, Jesus Remember me when you come into your kingdom. You remember what Jesus said in verse 43 of Luke chapter 23? I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Paradise is a Persian word that means walled garden. And it's said that when a Persian king wanted to honor one of their subjects, they would invite them to take a walk with them through their garden. That was a tremendous honor to be asked to walk with the king in his garden. That's exactly what the king of kings and the Lord of lords has invited you and me to do, to walk with him in his garden in the courts of heaven for eternity. What an honor it is that we could have fellowship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. May we never turn down the invitation to walk hand in hand, heart in heart with our King into this beautiful paradise called heaven and eternity. For it says, if we claim to have fellowship with him, the second part of verse 6, yet walk in darkness. We lie and the truth does not live in us. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, then we lie and the truth does not live in us. We're going to call this when John is warning us not to fall in the darkness. Not to fall in the darkness. What does he mean yet walk in darkness. You know what I think darkness is? Well, number one, darkness is when we're separated from, from God. But you know what else I think darkness is? Darkness is unconfessed sin. Darkness is when we try to live as the world lives, as followers of Christ. Darkness is being disobedient to the word of God. Darkness is deliberately ignoring the truth of God's word and his mercy and his grace. The Bible tells us in Romans 12, 2, that we often quote, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, 
because the world is walking in darkness, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind and spirit. We've all walked in darkness at one time or another, haven't we? Paul says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Are you walking in darkness today? Would you say you're living a life that's, that's holy, uh, a life that's set apart, different than the rest of the world? There is a lot of darkness in the world. I, I shared at the early service, you know, now as the, the weather's changing and it's getting darker earlier, you know, it was dark when I got up this morning when we have dark mornings. I've shared before, especially on Sundays, I've tried to respect when my wife was still sleeping, I would try to get up and get ready in the dark. And inevitably, when I'm trying to get ready in the dark, I end up making more noise than if I would have just turned on the light for a couple. I'm running into stuff. I'm stubbing my toe. I'm dropping hangers on the floor. When you're really trying to be quiet, you know, you're banging, clanging, and everything. Well, when my wife comes to bed at night, and I'm already in bed, and the lights are out, she flips the light on. She does her normal routine. She's clanging and banging into stuff. I'm, I'm just kidding if she, she's watching right now. So, But the fact is, it's harder to do things in the dark. And it's my prayer today that we would allow Jesus Christ to come in and help remove that darkness from us. As a matter of fact, if you would read on over in 1 John chapter 2, verse 9, he said, if we claim to live in the light and yet hate our brother, we still live in darkness. Do you have hate toward a brother or a sister or a co-worker or a friend? If you claim to be a follower of Christ, you can't hate your brother. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11, that have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. We as Christians, as followers of Christ, need to be careful that we do not trip and fall in the dark. Maybe you've heard that funny story about the man who was inebriated, intoxicated, when he was one night down on his knees looking for his keys underneath the street light. A policeman happens by, and he sees the man down searching on his hands and feet, or on his knees, rather, and, and the policeman said, what are you doing? He said, I've lost my keys. And then the policeman got down and started helping him, and they looked for several minutes, and finally he asked the man, are you sure this is where you lost your keys? He said, no, I lost my keys across the street, but the light is better here. <laughs> and there are a lot of people who are groping in darkness when they need to come to the light. Because you know what the light does? The light reveals all of our sin and all of our secrets. And that's why some people don't want to come to church or come to Christ because when the Holy Spirit convicts them, they would rather walk in darkness than in the light. They would rather continue thinking that they're hiding it from God. And that's, that's what the devil tries to do. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, The little G God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the light of Christ. The devil tries to blind not only the unbeliever, but also some believers, and thinking this is what God wants for you and for me. Be careful that you don't fall or stumble in the darkness. 
But lastly, it says in verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Isn't that great? And the blood of Jesus, the Son, purifies us from all sin. We must learn to follow him, which is Christ, in the light. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. And then remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. Not only was he the light of the world, but what did he say? You are the light of the world. So we are to be reflections of Christ. And I want to ask you, the way you're living, the things you're doing, the way you're talking, the way you're treating people, are you reflecting the light of Christ? Are you living your life in such a way that you're bringing glory to our Lord and Savior? Are you just, again, living like the rest of the world, doing what everybody else did, went in Rome, do as the Romans do? We're to be different. And you know what? Being different sometimes means we're going to be persecuted. We're going to be left out. You're not going to be invited. You're not going to experience everything that the world offers. But if you hold on to your faith, you'll experience what eternity offers, the hope of eternal life. And I pray today that we would learn to follow Christ, who is the light, and we would reflect that light. I've shared to you on many occasions that I enjoy jogging, running. I do it for multiple reasons. I do it for my health. I do it because it's a stress reliever. It's a time where I'm praying and just thinking. I don't know if you're physically able to walk or, or run, but it it's accomplishes so many things. I feel so much better after I do it. Some afternoons I get in, I could just flop down on the couch and probably could go to sleep like that because I don't sleep real well at night. But I feel so much better when I make myself go out and run three or four miles. And while I'm doing that, <clears throat> you've heard me share, I'm praying with my eyes open, of course. And God revealed this to me the other day and, and and you can accept this into your life or, or not, and that's okay. But when I was running, God placed on my heart, which I've done before anyway, to pray for people as I'm running. I mean, I pray for my own prayer needs and for some of you and some of the folks on our prayer list. But remember back before Easter, I gave the cross challenge. And I invited folks to put a cross in their yard as a symbol of the hope that we as Christians have in the Lord. It's amazing that in this community, Woodford County community, Franklin County, I see, I don't know about you, I see so many crosses still in people's yards, which is a symbol that people accepted the challenge. And we showed on Easter like over 100 pictures, PowerPoint of folks that is, well, I'm challenging folks to do this. This is what God laid on my heart. <clears throat> When I was running the other day through my subdivision <clears throat> and I was thinking about what we could do for people during this season, I thought about we could pray for people. And, and I'm asking you to take it one more step than just praying. Now, I know there's a pandemic going on. We're wearing masks. We're social distancing. But I felt led in my overwhelming sense of God's spirit saying, Todd, what? What would it be like if other Christians, folks from church, and you don't even have to be a member of this church to do this, if we could go up to our neighbors on our street or in our subdivision and knock on their door, ring their doorbell, have our mask on, we can step back from the door and quickly identify yourself and say, I'm such and such, I live down the street here, in the neighborhood, or, or you can tell them, you know, you're a member of Forks, but I just wanted to ask you how I could pray for you today. Is there a need in your life that I, you might have someone to slam the door in your face? 
You might have someone to let their dog out on you. You might have someone that has some big letters, no soliciting. But I thought, what if just those of us watching could go to people, and if you don't feel comfortable to ring the doorbell or knock, if you could just go in front of their house, even if you don't know their name, just to say, Lord, I'm praying for this family right here at whatever the address that they might feel your Holy Spirit moving in their life. If they don't know Jesus, that they would come to know Jesus Christ. And you could even go home and, and uh, write a card or a note and say, I wanted you to know that I prayed for you today. I'm your neighbor and I live down the street. But I thought the Lord was impressing on my heart. And when I was running yesterday afternoon, I started doing this just praying, I'm, I'm going to go up to the door and I'm asking you to start doing this if you feel led to do it October 12th. Because a lot of folks might be gone on fall break this week. But I prayed for every person on my street yesterday as I was jogging by name. But I'm going to take it the next step further. Week after next, I'm going to go up start going to my neighbor's doors and I'm going to stand back and I'm going to say, I'm Todd Lester I live down here at 581, and I just wondered how I could pray for you. It will be amazing to see what God is going to do if we had a host of people going to our neighbors, telling them that I want to pray for you. It wouldn't surprise me that if we would see a lot of people come to Christ. It wouldn't surprise me if there would be people who would break down crying and say, I can't tell you, I was at the end of my rope and I was ready just to give up on life and I was ready to end my life and you came to my door and you said that you were going to pray for me. It's a sign from God that somebody cared enough to pray for me. And I'm going to invite you if you could do that. And you might live in an apartment building you could do it to your neighbors in your apartment or your townhomes. You might live out in the country, but as you're driving by, if you're not physically able to walk, you can pray for your neighbors. Get their address and say, I just wanted you to know that on Monday, October 12th, or Tuesday, October, whatever the date, I prayed in front of your house. To me, this is sharing the light and love of Jesus Christ. And I want to challenge you to do that. Let's, let's turn our communities upside down for Jesus. And there's power in prayer that people would be moved by our prayers through the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you're worshiping today and you've never committed your life to Christ, what are you waiting for? There's an uncertainty about our future, what's going to happen. But one thing we can know for sure, unless the Lord returns first, we're all going to die one day. And I don't know about you, I want to be ready. I want my house to be in order. So if you've never given your life to Christ, why not today confess your sin, ask him to forgive you, 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Go back to verse 8. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And when it talks about in the blood of Jesus purifies us, do you remember in the Old Testament how there was a day of atonement and a lamb was sacrificed and the blood spilt on that seat? mercy seat to atone for the sins of the people. Jesus was the spotless lamb of God that was sacrificed on the cross that his blood covers a multitude of our sin. And today you can be forgiven and all you have to do is ask him. He loves you and he'll forgive you. Or maybe you're a Christian and you've gotten off track and you've been wandering in the dark. Won't you come back to the light today? Or maybe you've been looking for a church home. This is a lighthouse on this hill. And we are shining to let people know whose team we're on. 
We're on the winning team of Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you like to be a part of what God is doing and has still up ahead for you and me? You can do that even now as we pray together. Lord, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any folks here today watching that have never given their lives to you, they do not have a living spiritual union with God through Christ. May they experience this kind of fellowship today. Lord, maybe there are Christians that have gotten off track and they've grown resentful, God, or prideful. Lord, there's some people that claim to have fellowship with you and yet they hate somebody and their pride won't allow them to admit they're wrong. I pray today, Lord, they would make a wrong right. They would confess their sin and realize, God, that when we are walking in the light, our sin is brought to attention and there's accountability. Lord, maybe there's some folks that have been looking for a church home, whether they're in this place or watching online, and, and maybe they're going to contact the office and say they want to be a part of this fellowship and walk in the light. Lord, I pray that there would be many who would accept the challenge, the prayer challenge, to go pray with our neighbors or pray with people that live on our street, whether it's driving by or walking by or jogging by or going to their door and saying, I want to pray for you today. Is there something specific I can pray with you about? Oh, God, give us the boldness to do that. And we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the victories we're trusting you to bring. Help us, oh, God, to place our faith and trust solely in you in Jesus' name we amen. I'm going to invite you to stand right now. This is going to be a time of invitation and commitment. These front rows are open. If I can pray with you or talk with you about a decision, or again, if you're worshiping with us online, contact the office. One of our staff members or I will, we will get in touch with you and pray with you about your decision. But won't you come as we sing together?
you so much for worshiping with us both here and online. I pray that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you today and encouraged your heart that we all might be people that live in the light as his children and that we would not allow Satan to pull us into the darkness to where we'll fall. But I want us all to have fellowship with him. Please know that there will be, if you're on our church email list, discussion questions that will be coming out right after this service. If you would like to be added to our list, contact the church office. You'll be receiving discussion questions that you can do with your family around the table or friends, whether it be um, on the phone or in person. But I hope that you will do this as this takes the place of our Sunday evening worship. And don't forget this Wednesday night at 6 is our prayer meeting. Uh, we're still asking you for now uh, to make reservations, and then you're able to sit wherever you would like. Folks have been doing a great job of social distancing. But, you know, all of this and all of these, they're going to pass by. We just need to be patient and trust in the Lord, and he's going to get us through this. We just have to keep trusting and following him, and he will bless us. Don't lose hope. Don't lose faith. And then one other thing, uh, I'm so thankful that we have so many opportunities to give. Um, a couple of weeks ago, it was a prayer week, emphasis week for our state missions. Eliza brought us offering. I failed to mention this last week, but... It's not too late if you would like to make a contribution that goes toward mission work in the state of Kentucky. All you have to do is, is designate that on your check for a state offering or Eliza Broadus. We'll make sure these 100% of these go to help folks doing mission work in the state of Kentucky. But continue to pray for them. If you can't give, pray for them at least. But thank you so much for being here today. It's been a great day. Aren't y'all glad to be in God's house today? Amen. I'm grateful for that. And I bet some of you are grateful that you're at the beach right now, too. And so I hope you have a great time. I hope you get burnt while you're there, but I'm kidding you. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I hope you have a great time. This, that was a joke. I hope you have a great time and come back safely. But right now, Bill's going to close this in song. This will be our choral benediction. Don't forget, God loves you and we love you too. and thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to the Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We'd love to have you join us this Sunday at 8.30 or 11 a.m. For more information about our church and our ministries, go to forksbaptist.org.